my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about Bitcoin, we talk about the decentralized revolution that the world is going through, and we look at it through the lens of things that we can observe, like politics, finance, technology, and there's no shortage of things to be talking about, that's for sure, right now. The world is rapidly changing. I am joined in the studio by a good friend today, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter, at Jessica Hodler, H-O-D-L-R. If you want to give her a follow and and say what's up, but Jessica, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So we have been having some uh, technical difficulties here in the studio. We'll go ahead and just tell you guys because we're both a little bit frazzled here. I have been running around like crazy making uh, making videos. I've already done several hours of content today, and I got several more hours to go. We had technical difficulties in the studio, couldn't get the cameras up and running, and Jessica even and Jessica and I even had to start recording, <laughs> and it wasn't recording, so we're starting over. So, uh, <laughs> oh man, the joy, the joy of doing this. But you know, I remember um, I've been I've been making content uh, vi- specifically like for video content. I started my YouTube channel in uh, 2018. And so Bitcoin had uh, topped out in, in 2017, um, and then it crashed famously from. Uh, 
almost 20,000, 19,000 and change. Um, and then, you know, January of 2018 and on and on and I went down. I, I actually started um, writing a cryptocurrency research newsletter in 2016. So I was already researching and writing it, but I didn't start doing like content uh, on YouTube until 2018. And then, and then through that year of 2018, um, you know, January it was coming down, and February and March, and we kept thinking it's going to go back up. It's going to go back up. There's still like a lot of excitement because 2017, 2016, 2017 were so amazing. Um, but by the end of 2018, it was like, oh my gosh, like I don't know if this is ever coming back. And then we go into like 2019, and now we have like a year, year and a half of this. And it got to a point where I was like, on YouTube, I'm like what the heck am I even going to talk about? Like, there's like nothing going on. It's like completely <laughs> dead. And I was like searching for topics, but yet now here we are. And it's like, uh, I'm making like multiple videos a day. I mean, it's insane, isn't it? Yeah, being busy uh, is definitely not a bad thing. That's for sure. Yeah, but I'm just talking about with just the amount of content to cover. I mean, to stay on top of what's going on, it's like a full-time job right now because it's all moving so fast. Yeah, it's absolutely insane what's going on. Uh, um, the one thing I've been seeing is uh, the, the, all the markets are melting down, of course, right? Um, but uh, the, the cryptocurrency space, the Bitcoin space is, is not immune to that. Uh, when we did our uh, fake attempt at recording before, you were just <laughs> talking about, before I cut you off, how uh, you were in a, on a session, I think with BTC Sessions, which uh, shout out to BTC Sessions, by the way. If you want to learn how to... Uh, Learn more about the technical side of Bitcoin, like how to use, you know, your own self-storage, your own cold storage, um, your own Bitcoin node, things like that. No better follow than BTC Sessions. You can check them out on uh, on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, so you're talking about how uh, you were on a sessions with him and you guys were all kind of uh, um, enjoying, I guess. Is that the word? You were enjoying watching the price of Bitcoin crash? <laughs> well, so it hadn't gone down to 22, 21 yet. So we were saying like, Oh, you know, we need to we need to see it go lower. We need to see more blood in the streets. Maybe, you know, people need to get wrecked in order to understand like what the Bitcoin maxis are saying because um, we're so toxic, you know, um, and then it came down. <laughs> but from that standpoint, um, the, the crypto people need to get wrecked a little bit to get uh, to see kind of the Bitcoin maxi viewpoint. But uh, Bitcoin maxis are down 70% as well. So aren't Bitcoin maxis getting wrecked just like the crypto bros? I mean, I, for me, this is an incredible buying opportunity. Um, I think this is once in a lifetime since 2017, um, especially since we reached 69 almost 70 and now we're down to 21 uh and this is the time where you can stack sats build generational wealth at yeah. a discount when did you start uh, buying and really getting involved and paying attention so it was 2016 and it was just me i would talk to my friends about it and they'd be like what you're insane um and for me i mean it was just okay like I'm just going to buy some and hold it and I'm never going to sell. And this is before I was even on Twitter, like seeing the never sell diamond hands and all that stuff. Um, and then I saw that it hit like 20,000 in 2017 and then didn't pay attention to the price. <laughs> and then when I got onto Twitter in 2021, that's when I like really started paying attention, you know, joining the community and stuff. Yeah. So then you, um, 
I was looking at this report here of the seven biggest drawdowns in Bitcoin's history, which in June, June 2011, um, that was a big one, but that was like when it had just got started, uh, Mt. Gox failed. So they kind of take that one mm -hmm. out. It's like an outlier. In 2012, we saw it drop 56%. 2013, we saw it dropped 83%. So that was no joke. So that was right around the time it was on my radar. And I was going to buy in 2013 and it was going up, 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 up. And then it crashed. Um, and then I decided not to buy, I didn't get in until 2015. Um, and so then, um, we have, uh, December, 2017, um, through to December, 2018, which we were talking about before, um, it dropped 84%. So you, you got in early, you saw it go from, I don't know, 2016. I don't know if it was five, 600 bucks, probably something like that. I'm just guessing up to 20,000 and you felt really rich. And then you watch it go 84% yep. down, <laughs> all the way down to uh, wherever yep. it ended up dropping down, I don't know, around four or 5000 or $6,000, something like that. How was that? Give, it, give, it, give, give, us, give, us, some, uh, give us some more stories or some, what, what was going through your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it was just literally just me and my mom talking about it. And we, were just, we would just say to each other, okay, like, it doesn't matter. We're just going to hold on to it. Like, we know this is life-changing um, digital gold money. Um, and, and really at that point, what kept us in the game was like, we know this is freedom money. We know this is going to change the world. This is going to change people's lives. And so we would literally just say to each other, we're never selling. <laughs> so you really thought that back then you were that you had that much conviction. Oh yeah. Wow. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, for sure. I, uh, I would, I'll admit, uh, when I started buying in 2015, I was, um, looking for a way to get money out of the United States banking system. So I was working on going into Panama and setting up a trust in Panama, putting money in the Panama Panamanian bank. Um, if that's the right word, Panamanian mm -hmm. bank. And, um, I was doing that so I could get residency and work on a way to citizenship, which I know you help people with. Um, and so I just, yeah. but then I looked at Bitcoin again and I was like, well, that's kind of the same thing. I can get money out of the bank. Um, and then I started, I started buying it and then, as I started learning more, I did. I was like, this is this is a tool. This is how we can win. This is how we can defeat the Federal Reserve, you know, get rid of this money printer um, cartel that they have. And so I got to tell everybody I know about it. And I did. Um, and so I haven't, I haven't shut up since. <laughs> Here I am still talking about it. Uh, but then, you know, I, I admit, right, 2016, I got into the, the crypto uh, space and I, I fell into the, um, you know, it's not Bitcoin, it's blockchain, I'll admit. Um, and so mm -hmm. in 2017, I think by the end of 2017, it was already starting to kind of be clear that Bitcoin was definitely breaking out um, from the rest of the crypto space. Um, I can't remember if I was all in like you where I was like, this for sure is going to be life changing or not. Um, but I, I guess I was because I never sold. Uh, I've, I've never really... I traded a bunch away, you know, through the, through, through my crypto phase. And mm -hmm. I wish I, I wish I could, wish I can go back and get a redo on that, but I can't. Um, but you know, other than that, I never sold any. Yeah. On, yeah. Honestly, I think what kept me from getting into the whole coinery stuff was because when it popped, I was in college, so I didn't even have time to like look at anything else. So it oh, that really, was good. You I were think, saved you were, me. You were distracted. Uh, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We are talking yeah. about <laughs> Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. I'm in the studio with a good friend, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter at Jessica Hodler. That's H-O-D-L-R. 
we got a lot more uh, to talk about, um, talking about some of these big drawdowns in Bitcoin's history and some other big breaking news when we get back. We'll be back in just a minute, so don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that we are witnessing right now, and uh, more specifically talking about the meltdown that's happening in the um, 
overall markets and, of course, in the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin space. I'm in the studio with a good friend, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter at Jessica Hodler. And before the break, we were talking about um, our experience of going through um, the last time that we saw Bitcoin break down in a big way. We're talking about um, back in 2017, uh, we're actually really into, into 2018, um, it crashed at a, at a high in December 2017, so it was 2018. And I was kind of giving my perspective. And before the break, Jessica was saying how um, she didn't really transition from Bitcoin into the rest of the crypto space because she was so busy with college, she never got a chance to. I think that was about right. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, being busy was good for you, I suppose, because like I said... I probably I traded away so much Bitcoin chasing all these other altcoins and and I did good with them, um, but uh, you know overall if I could have a redo I would just go back and just keep the Bitcoin that I originally bought and I and and if I would have done that I'd been in such a better place. Of course we don't get redos in life unfortunately, but what we yeah, can absolutely. do, what we can do though is make sure we don't make the same mistakes twice. And so that's what I do. Um, so we had that one in uh, December seventeen to twenty eighteen. That was an eighty four percent drawdown. Uh, March 2020, that was the, you know, when the whole world got locked down, it fell 50%. And then May 2021, it fell 53%. Um, and now here we are down about 70%. So um, you've been through one, both of us have been through one 84% drawdown. Right now we're sitting at about, um, I don't know, at the time of this is, uh, what is it, 21,000, 21,500 today right now, which is about a 70% drawdown from its high. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, if, if it were to go down to its, its, its worst uh, previous drop, which is 85%, that would bring it down to about 10,000. Are you prepared for that? Oh, my gosh, that would be insane. And... I mean, that it's just an incredible opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I remember March 2020 pretty vividly. Obviously, it wasn't that long ago, twenty years, uh, two years ago. And I remember like seeing the entire. Uh, I've been waiting for the financial markets to crash for a long time, and so um, it's like this confirmation bias, I suppose. And when it all started falling apart in March 2020, I was like, "This is it." it's over like the whole not just bitcoin but the entire financial markets like it's, it's going down they're locking down the world the markets can't take this etc and i remember watching bitcoin plunge and uh drop 50 percent, and it was like four thousand. i think it went all the way to like 3800 and i was literally watching trading view at the time watching it go down i can remember exactly like where i was sitting and everything and uh it was pretty scary i'm gonna be honest i didn't back up the truck and start buying i I think I started buying at maybe as it was coming back up at like maybe 45 or 5,000-ish, something like that. I don't know. I remember being pretty dang scared. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, but I mean, once you once you read and understand and see and what it can provide the world with, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, uh, it, it, it's impossible to ignore the benefits that it's bringing to the world if you spend the time to look at it, right? So there's still so many people that say um, there's no use yeah, case, sure. which is just absolutely insane. I suppose if all you've if you've never left the United States in your life and you're ordering eight dollar lattes, you might have that viewpoint. But if you've ever been outside <laughs> the United States, to think that there's <laughs> yes. no use case at all, it's just insane, wouldn't you think? 
Oh, no, absolutely. Um, you would have to be living under a rock to think it has no use case. Yeah. What, what would you say some of the biggest use cases are that you see that, that really prove how valuable it is? Um, I mean, especially with the Lightning Network, how quickly and practically free um, you can send money. Um, anyone can have access to it. You don't need to show an ID, open a bank account, et cetera, in order to use it. Uh, it's unconfiscatable and permissionless money. Yeah. I think that, that, that first part that you said, um, you don't have to show ID, so it's permissionless. So Bitcoin is uh, borderless and it's trustless, but it's permissionless. And so, uh, you know, right now, um, per the UN, I think there's about 2 billion adults in the world today that don't have access to banking. Uh, 2 billion adults, it's about half, maybe a little bit more than half of the adults in the world. And the reason why they don't have access to banking, for the most part, most of them, is they don't have permission to join. If uh, you were born, if you're a 15-year-old kid born in Iran, for example, you're not allowed to join the financial system. Um, in some places like El Salvador, they can join it, but it's so expensive that they can't afford to join it. And so Bitcoin is permissionless. Anybody can join it, and it's free. And that's a, that's a big deal, right? Yep. Oh, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, for half of the adult population to have an opportunity to even accumulate and save some sort of wealth is just unheard of, especially now with the money printer going on. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at the, like the smartphone and I think about that being like one of the greatest equalizers. Everybody's talking about equality, right? And, um, which is a whole different conversation. But uh, I think the, the smartphone is one of the greatest equalizers because no matter where you're at in the world, you could learn anything, you could meet anyone, you could do anything. And for the first time, a kid with a smartphone could you know, start an Instagram account and make $100,000. And so it's an equalizer, but not if that kid can't join the financial system. Yep. Right? And Bitcoin fixes that. And, and, and Bitcoin fixes that. So um, it was cool. Have, have you been down to El Salvador? I haven't. Um, I've been wanting to, but just haven't been able to yet. Well, I was thinking about making another trip down there this summer, so I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, but Oh, yeah, please do. You know, when I was down there, I was shocked. And I've been down there multiple times on surf trips. Uh, but I was down there specifically working with Bitcoin Beach. Um, it amazed me that, you know, a lot of these uh, people, they don't have bank accounts because it's so cost prohibitive. And so they need, you know, 50 bucks a month or whatever to start a bank account. And they don't make that much to justify that. And also, even a lot of the, like, some of these poor areas, you know, they have, you know, roadside stands selling pupusas or coconuts or whatever, and um, they don't do that much business. And so um, they don't do enough business to justify a point of sale or a credit card account. And so you have all these little stores that can't get merchant systems or credit cards, and then you have all these people who can't get in the banking system. So basically, none of them can get into the global economy. They're stuck in a local economy. And back to that you know, kid with a uh, Instagram account analogy, um, without having access to the global markets, you're stuck in that local area. And of course, uh, Bitcoin fixes that. Um, you're listening to the Mark Moss show. We are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that the world is going through as Bitcoin changes politics, finance, and technology in the world as we know it. I'm in the studio with a good friend, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter, at Jessica Hodler. That's H-O-D-L-R. We're talking about, unfortunately, talking about uh, Bitcoin melting down, the depth of Bitcoin and our experience with it. We're talking about the use case, and we'll talk about where it's going. 
Um, and we got some really big stories to cover when we come back in a minute, um, specifically talking about um, the, the flip side of a world without it and bank runs that are happening in China right now. We'll be back with that more in a minute, so don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. Is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we are talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're talking about, uh, we're talking about through the lens of politics, finance, and technology to help things uh, bring things into context so we can understand them in the world today. And of course, 
There's no shortage of information. Uh, I'm in the studio with uh, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter at Jessica Hodler. That's H-O-D-L-R. And we were talking about uh, the pain that we're seeing in the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency space and um, kind of comparing it to some previous crashes. So uh, the last time we've seen Bitcoin uh, and the cryptocurrency market crash this hard was back in 2017, where Bitcoin saw about an 83% drawdown. Jessica was saying how that, uh, you know, she just held because she saw some of these benefits and we were talking about some of these benefits such as, um, such as, uh, you know, permissionless and how that's a big deal in the world. You know, one of the other things, Jessica, that I see as a big uh, benefit is that for the first time in history or for the uh, history of mankind, uh, we can hold our wealth in a way that can't be confiscated. And so um, what we've seen, you know, when banks collapsed throughout history, people lost all their money in the banks. Uh, we're seeing that happen in the cryptocurrency space right now. People had their money in platforms like Celsius, and they can't get their money back out of that. Um, people had their um, money in uh, Terra Luna stablecoin, and they can't get their money back out of that. Um, but if you hold your money in Bitcoin, or I should say not your money in Bitcoin, but if you're holding Bitcoin and you're holding it yourself, there is really no chance in losing that if you do it correctly, right? Yeah, and it's all dependent upon self-responsibility. If you hold your keys, you hold your coins, and you know if you practice uh, safe keeping your Bitcoin in safe spaces, then you know that's upon you. If you keep hold it on an exchange, then you know you're not holding your Bitcoin, and it's an I it's an IOU. Right. And, 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 and what I say is like, that's the whole benefit of it. For the first time in history, we can store wealth in a way that can't be confiscated. But anytime you give your asset to somebody else, there's counterparty risk. And so you run the risk of losing that. And so that's what's happening in the, in the cryptocurrency space, like I said, with Celsius and with Terra Luna, et cetera. The problem is that while those things are much more risky and maybe while you weren't taking the risk with those, unfortunately, when those blow up, they bring that risk to your front door. Yep, unfortunately so. Right. And I guess, you know, as long as you can have that long-term perspective, then, I, you know, you can be okay, but it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people who have been it in the short term. Yeah, it's all about having that long-term horizon and zooming out. You know, if you have a four-month um, timeline, uh, you're, you might see an 80% drop. But if you're on a 10-year timeline, then, you know, you're, you just see it go up. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing, it's, it's easy to get that long-term perspective, you know, when you've been in it for a long term. Um, it's probably much harder if you've been in it for a short period of time. But you can just look back through history. And what we've seen is that there's never been, I believe it's a three-year period where you would have been underwater. So... Uh, if you would have bought the last high in December of 2017, we're talking about it, about 19,000. It took about uh, just under three years. I think it was like 2.9 years to get back to 20,000 again. And so uh, with real yep. estate, you would typically say something like, uh, you know, don't buy real estate that you don't plan on holding for at least five years. And so with Bitcoin, it's kind of like, well, don't buy Bitcoin that, you're, that you plan to need in less than three years. Um, do you think that kind of a mindset helps out? Yeah, I think it does. And, you know, during times like this, if, you know, you just put your head down, you're building, um, you're, you know, you're stacking sats. Um, I think it's easier to see it through that lens, um, especially if you're reading, you know, like Gigi, um, Marty Bentz, uh, and, and talking about real estate, if you had bought in 2020, you have people who are doubling their money in two years. Right. 
Yeah. So it's just about having that. I think having that perspective that really makes a big difference, and and having that and having that long term time frame. You know, I, I I think about it back to kind of like real estate. If I told you that, uh, you know, in five years from now, we're going to build this new stadium outside of town. And if you went and bought lots, um, you know, land around that area, when that stadium's built, it's going to be worth a lot of money. Uh, but let's say that you did. And then a year from now, um, the lots that next to where you bought are down. They're cheaper than what you paid for. Well, would you panic? And would you sell your lot? Well, you don't know. The answer would be, well, is that stadium still going to be built? How, are they working on permits? Have they got plans? Have they got their funds? Are they doing construction? And as long as that's still on track, then you would want to continue to hold. And maybe you would even buy that, that other lot that came up for cheaper. If you found out there was like nuclear waste on the land and they could never build there, then maybe you would sell right away. Um, and so when you're looking at Bitcoin through that lens, is there anything that's broken with the network itself? Have they found nuclear waste with Bitcoin or is it still on track with where we, th where, where we think it's going? I mean, what would you say about that? Well, it's interesting because um, Sailor actually recently said, if I gave you $100 billion to build another Bitcoin, you couldn't. So I feel like that's a pretty powerful statement. And I mean, you can see that uh, people are constantly building um, people are using it. And I feel like also the um, adoption trend is really important. Um, you know, the more people that come into Bitcoin um, and the more people that want it, obviously, um, you know, the price is going to affect that. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I, I first kind of learned about this by Andreas Antopoulos, and he basically kind of made the same point as well, where like Bitcoin's kind of like this anomaly where it was created over a decade ago when nobody knew anything about it, nobody cared. And that allowed it to grow, kind of uh, allowed it to grow in the wild um, and get stronger. And it got stronger because of the decentralization. So more and more and more people started running nodes and more and more people started mining it. And all that mining power um, has made it so strong and made it resistant to attack. And nobody knew about it. Nobody cared about it. So nobody tried to attack it. The problem is today is everybody knows about it. And so smaller chains that have tried to copy, yes. <laughs> tried to copy what Bitcoin have done, they don't have the, the network, they don't have the miners, uh, they don't have the nodes. And so they're easy to attack and people do. They, they, people can rent hash power, attack them, double spend them. But Bitcoin is too big for that now. So kind of to the point that you made or that Michael Saylor was making, there's no way to recreate that today because everybody would know what you're doing and it would be attacked and killed before it would be able to grow and be strong enough. Yep, that's exactly right. And um, I don't feel like people uh, can wrap their, their minds around the true uh, positiveness about decentralization because, I mean, they deal with banks every day and they're just used to the central banking system. And I feel like some people can't really see the true power of decentralization. Yeah. Well, and, and they probably, they, they don't, they don't know what that means. They probably haven't even taken the time to think through that. Mm -hmm. It seems like a big problem that I see in the world today where people are kind of parroting headlines that they see and they've never actually taken the time to think through that. Do you see that being a big problem? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in this is separate of Bitcoin. Also, you just have people parroting uh, other people's ideas just because they want to, uh, you know, virtue signal. Um, and people don't do yeah. their own due diligence. They don't do their own research because they're told not to. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I've, 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 
I, I maybe I used to be more guilty of that, um, being that now um, you know I get so many comments across all these platforms, thousands of comments a week. I have to be more careful of what I say, which has been good. So it makes me think about it. But a lot of times, you know, even today, I'm I'm a little bit guilty of it in a sense where like I'll I'll be flipping through Twitter, right, and somebody will make this like really compelling statement, and I might go wow, that's true or that's right. Like, dang, that's good. I hadn't thought about that. But then what I do is I go through all the comments and the comments are great. Twitter's great for this because then I can find all these yeah. comments of people arguing against it. It's like every post is almost a debate, you know? And then you see all these other viewpoints and you're like, dang, yeah. I didn't think about that. Well, actually, so I thought I, I thought I agreed with that headline and I had that opinion, but now <laughs> I see the flip side. I, I see it differently. Twitter's great for that. Um, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And uh, speaking of Twitter, I have Jessica on with me right now. You can find her on Twitter at Jessica Hodler. That's H-O-D-L-R. And of course, if you're not following me on Twitter, then you should be. And that's at number one, Mark Moss. That's just the number one, um, just the numeral, numeral one, Mark Moss. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. And I want to talk more about what happens when you lose money to the bank. We'll be back with that and more in a minute. So don't go away. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. 
This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about Bitcoin, talking about the decentralized revolution and how the world is changing right before our very eyes. Of course, Bitcoin is uh, it's in a downtrend right now. It's painful, but you got to maintain focus. Eyes on the prize, as they say. I'm in the studio with my good friend, Jessica. You can find her on Twitter at Jessica Hodler, H-O-D-L-R. Now, Jessica, um, you know, we were talking about um, when you give your money to somebody else, it creates counterparty risk. And so people that put their money into Celsius, uh, people that put their money in a Terra Luna token, um, or people that leave their money in the bank, like in Cyprus when it, when it collapsed. And um, one thing I saw this week that was pretty crazy, uh, actually just uh, today, was uh, in China. Now, China, for a lot of people who don't know, China's got serious, serious problems on their hands. They have a massive debt crisis. They make the United States debt crisis look tame. But they have, but but the it's a bigger problem than just the debt crisis because of all the other crises they have. Like what, like energy? They don't have any energy. They have to import eighty five percent of their energy. The U.S. has energy. Uh, most of their food import uh, inputs to make the food have to be imported, so they can't even make the food. So they have energy crisis. They have a food crisis. They have a water crisis. They don't have any natural water like the United States. We have big lakes. They don't have that. And whatever water they have has been massively contaminated. And then the biggest and worst problem is they have a massive demographic cliff. 40 years of one-child policy has made it where now they have uh, all boys (laughs) under 40 years old and a very small population. Um, About half of the Chinese population will be gone in 25 years. It's a massive, massive problem. Of course, as the money supply grows and people uh, people grow, uh, you have massive uh, growth when <laughs> money supply goes down and the population goes down. It's a problem, and so China has all these problems. And now there's a um, there was a bank run this week, and uh, the bank run. What is what happens is when uh, just like what happened with Terra Luna, um, when too many people go to get their money out because they're afraid they're not going to get it back, they want to be the first one there to get it. If too many people go to pull their money out, um, then there's not enough to go around, and it creates a run. And that's exactly what happened in China, where people were going to pull their money out of the bank, and it could have created a big problem for China. But China solved it in a way that we haven't seen before in a way that wasn't so good and it says that china's bank run victims planned to protest they were going to have a protest but then their covid health passports turned code red so this we talk about this credit score system and basically what happened is in order to prevent the people from getting together and creating this protest um, everyone turned red which then means they were deemed to be high risk and then no and then they were banned from any public venues and they uh they broke that down now we people like uh had put their life savings in the bank and they couldn't get it out and now they can't even protest i mean is that a dystopian world or what jessica yeah, I mean, that's insane. And I mean, hint, this is why you have unconfiscatable and permissionless money. 
Um, yeah. And it's insane because this, is hap- this has been happening in China for a while and they've been holding people hostage in their homes because of COVID. And then people were starving to death that they ended up throwing themselves out of, out of their apartments because they were so hungry. And now they have these health apps that show either green or red with green meaning that you're able to go places and yeah. your freedom of movement is strictly dictated by this color code system that was implemented by the government. And uh, just FYI, this is what the World Economic Forum wants. And conveniently enough, they had just their meeting in Davos. Um, and they talk about this all the time. But as you were saying with the red code, this is usually assigned to people that are infected by COVID. So coincidentally enough, all those people that were trying to protest the banks um, <laughs> were flagged red and they weren't able to go. Yeah, it's crazy. It says here that... Uh, this this guy, they're talking about how to put his life savings, about 6 million won or, or about almost $900,000 into a bank, hasn't been able to draw a penny over the past two months. Thousands of depositors like him have been fighting to recover their savings from at least four banks. In late May, hundreds of them traveled um, to Xinjiang uh, from across China and staged a protest outside the office. Another protest was planned for Monday. But as the depositors arrived, they were stunned to find that their health codes, which were green upon departure, had now been turned red. <laughs> uh, and then, and then they yep. were taken into quarantine by guards and uh, locked up. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's, it's pretty crazy because you're immediately banned from all public venues and transport. Um, and like they were, they were subject to weeks of government quarantine. And this quote-unquote health app that they're implementing is more like a good citizen app um and it's getting to do a point where like we joke on twitter all the time oh if you tweet something uh that's like opposing your government uh they're gonna say oh you tweeted this today you're not allowed to go to the grocery store or uh go outside but you actually have these people who are actually experiencing it yeah i mean that's exactly what happened right it's like um and and I don't I don't know exactly how that happened. Like uh, most likely, they probably didn't tweet about that they were going to the protest. It probably picked up on their location. It was probably tracking them, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, well, China has a social credit oh, no, score system, sure. so it might have been a, a combination of seeing what they talked about on social media, articles they had read. Maybe they booked a plane ticket, a hotel room, and then they had their location. And then they're like, okay, these people are going to do this. Shut them down. <laughs> Yep. No, it's like Big Brother. And it's really sad because these these government officials will probably never see the day where they're held accountable because their power is omnipotent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is what uh, many of us are, are, are warning of, that uh, this whole goal to put our whole lives into a passport and install this uh, credit score system is, is what's coming. And we warn that this is exactly how it can be used. And, um, you know, I think... You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, it would never be used that way. It's only going to be used for good, which uh, maybe they have good intentions. The problem is, is giving anybody that much power over your life, eventually somebody will probably use it for bad intentions. And also, what is good and what is bad, right? Like, my, uh, for them, their version of bad, for, or I should say for the Chinese government, uh, their version of bad is having anybody say anything about having their money stolen. That's bad. But to me, that would be good. Like if someone stole my money, I should be able to speak out about it. And so you can see that good and bad are different things uh, to different people. Yep, no, for sure. And it's like we say, if you give too much power to the government in a crisis, uh, they'll create more crises in order to take more power. Yeah. 
that's exactly what's happening on a, on a different note about taking power. Uh, we did see that in Canada, it looks like they're finally about to lift their restrictions. So that's pretty good. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, um, if you haven't taken the, the vaccine in Canada, you're not even allowed to leave the country. Um, so that's pretty big news. Now, one thing that says that if you have a dual citizenship, then you're most likely okay to leave uh, with a non-Canadian passport. I know that's something that you work on a little bit. Yes. And we've actually been working a lot of with a lot of Canadians lately just because, you know, they don't want to be forced to make certain medical decisions. Um, so we've they've been very interested in second passports and um, we've been helping them. Yeah. I mean, having a second passport, it's it's kind of like insurance where, um, you know, insurance is a waste of money until you actually need it. <laughs> uh, but then when you need it, you're sure as heck <laughs> yeah. glad you have it. Right. And I would imagine a second passport is, is, is somewhat similar. It's kind of a waste of money until you actually need it. And then like you might need it for your life, which uh, these Canadians have found out about. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, a second passport is a hedge against your government. Yeah, hedge against your government, right? Uh, and even in the United States, I mean, just look at what happened with COVID. The United States passport went from being one of the best passports in the world to being one of the best, or I'm sorry, the worst passports in the world where no country would, uh, would have you with a U.S. passport. If you want to know more about that, check out Jessica's company at Plan B passport.com plan b passport.com you're listening to the mark moss show we've been talking about bitcoin we've been talking about the decentralized revolution i've been in the studio with my friend jessica you can find her on twitter at jessica hodler h-o-d-l-r and of course i'm on twitter at one mark moss if you're not following me then what are you even doing uh, so give us a follow give us a shout out say what's up um we're trying to cover the play-by-play -play here talking about bitcoin cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution the biggest thing we'll ever see in our life, and it's a little bumpy right now, but together we'll get through it. Uh, but that's what I got for you today. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.